eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson with you as always. And Logan, one of us was at OTAs like usual yesterday, but it was it was me. It was you. I got to go to OTAs. What'd you think, man? Uh, you, How was it for you? It was great. It was great. I'm excited to dive into this. It, I, I said this yesterday on the radio as we record this Thursday morning, but um, it's the most exciting OTA I've ever been to. Um, Why do you say that? Just watching, watching the way they run practice now is just so much better than any practice that I've been to before. The way they ran it under Gruden, uh, the way they ran it uh, in previous OTAs or training camp practices or whatever I've been to uh, in the Rivera era, just the way they run this practice there's a crispness, a speed, a creativity to all of it that I think matters and that I think, um, I mean, obviously makes it more entertaining and interesting to watch. Also, like, let's be honest, part of that is that it's different. I think previously everything I'd saw or everything I'd seen had been pretty much the same. And when you see something different, there's some natural excitement there. Um, so if I had seen just the enemy style practices, if you will, all my life and then went to a different practice, I probably also have like, oh, this is different. But I do think that like this is better and um getting to see that in person was was exciting and kind of getting to see what all the hoopla is about um and so yeah i was we'll, we'll go over what i saw in more detail but the uh overwhelming or overarching theme the overarching takeaway was like well that was pretty fun i like that that seemed productive i totally agree i mean i think that you know even even to your point like it's the novelty is something that is you know, it's obviously exciting, but I do think that the thing that really sticks out to you when you watch practice is the tempo, <coughs> excuse me, and the speed, <coughs> excuse me, that they're operating with. And I think that's something that is, that, that, that makes me excited, right? Because there's like a deliberateness, there's like a, an intensity and, you know, on good offenses, then I bet a part of like, that's the thing that characterizes it. it and again, it's, this is something that I think as I get older and as I kind of expand this analyst role, that it becomes more apparent to me. It, there's no magic bullet. There's nothing magic about offensive install. Everyone kind of runs the same play, the same plays with the same intent. The offensive line has similar protection rules. It's about how you coach it and how you execute it. And when you go out and watch practice, you see guys understanding the details that make plays come alive. Like in practice yesterday, 
for example, they're running mesh. And we've talked about this before. And usually mesh, you have two crossers and then a guy that sits over the ball. They've, they, not, this isn't new to the, to the Washington commanders. It's not new to the league, but instead of running two crossers, they one run guy, one guy across and one guy sits over the ball. Some people call that place shallow cross, or that's what it was called in Kyle's offense. They run it where like, it looks like one of the guys is going to run a crosser, but he's actually picking for the crosser and then gets to his landmark, which to me is just, again, it's not a huge thing. It's, it's the same play. Everyone runs it, but that little detail all of a sudden allows that crosser to come open. And then if the if the pick if the guy that's being picked, the defender that's being picked, fights over the top, you get this huge window for the sit. So it's just it's a nice detail. And the more you watch this offense and you compare it to Kansas City and you compare it to the Shanahan's, the McVeigh's, the LaFleurs, the Mike McDaniels, you see that those are the details that make this come alive. And the fact that they're being able to communicate that to the players again is exciting. And then the energy and the speed with which they, they kind of execute the practice and the tempo with which they execute it just, that's all good offensive stuff. So, you know, I, I think even if this was novel or even if this is something you had seen for 10 years, like this is good, this is good offensive practice, you know? And I think, um, and it's so funny, like everyone talks about, you know, the defense is going to set the tone for this team in practice, the offense sets the tone. And what I mean by that, they set the cadence, how quickly can they get the play called? How quickly can they, can they get to the line of scrimmage? How quickly can they work through the cadence and the checks? If you've got a slow, kind of methodical, deliberate offense, you don't get an up-tempo practice. And I think you're seeing kind of the fruits and the benefits of that with EB. No doubt about it. Um, there was a play yesterday that... Um... Well, actually, let me let me say this first before I get back to to that specific play um, and kind of the, the shot clock element, if you will. Um, I had this conversation on the sideline yesterday. I think it was with Matt Paris. Um, but, you know, I said, like, the, everyone runs the same plays. Like, th yeah. these are the same plays. It's the same everything. But the amount of window dressing on it, the amount of confusion you can cause a defense by simply switching a formation or running a motion. There, there was a, a play where they lined up it was kind of like a stack uh, tight to the right two receiver mm -hmm. stack. Um, and then they had, I think just regular splits out to the left and they took the, the off ball receiver on that right side stack motioned him across uh, and then right back to where he started. But what that does is it makes it from two by two to three by one back to two by two. Yeah. And even though, and if you just run that play static, the defense is set and they know what they're doing based off that two by two look and whatever call came in and their checks and, simple enough to execute when all of a sudden you're like oh crap it's three by one we got to check we got to shift we got to do whatever then he comes back and there's not enough time to to recheck reshift or at the very least you're you're moving at the snap you're not exactly where you want to be that's a chance for confusion it's mm -hmm. an easy thing uh for an offense to do that's difficult for the defense now there's extra verbiage there Curtis Samuel was pretty hilarious yesterday. Them play calls be long. Like, you have to put in the time. I'll be out there. I ain't going to lie. I'll be spending some time. But, you know, I put in the time outside of here. So, you know, it's just fun. There is some neural load, right? There's a, there's a, a brain capacity that you have to have to run this offense. And that was another thing Curtis said that I think was was really interesting. You know, he was asked about kind of being together with Jahan and Terry and, and all the skilled guys. And he he didn't say like, yeah, it's great. We have guys that are fast. We have guys that are versatile. He said we have guys that are smart and can right. learn the offense. And that is what you need to, to make this all work. And they've got it. Um, but specific to the tempo thing as well, and this kind of ties together, like 
there's a speed you got to operate at, a speed you got to think. And there was a play yesterday. They were in, I think it was red zone at the end of practice, or sorry, two minute at the end of practice. And Bienemy's like, hey, we got to get to the line faster. The shot clock's running down. And I looked at the play clock, and you know, Bienemy's still on the on the walkie-talkie getting the, the play into Sam's headset, and there's like 12 on the shot clock. That's not something you can actually do in a game. That that quarterback headset in their helmet goes off at 15. Like you yeah. cannot be talking to the quarterback. So obviously it's the spring. There's a work in progress, but that's the kind of stuff where Bienemy is locked in on that and he knows this. And he'll probably go back in the meeting and be like, guys, we can't be that slow to the line of scrimmage because I literally cannot get Sam to play at that point. Right. So there, there's going to be those kinds of details that have to be worked out. But I think this is obviously now now on June 1st, but through May of, of OTA is like very, very encouraging, good process that we'll see if it pays off in the fall. But like this is this is all you could ask for right now. Yeah, man, I totally agree. And I think, you know, when he says it's a wordy play call, like, you know, these are classic, classic West Coast, West Coast uh, verbiage plays. They're, they're not overly i mean that to you or to me you know to me they, they sound familiar i, I like like right. this i like this. i have not been in a west coast offense i like the way they sound because it goes you know here's the formation here's the protection and here's the play call and in the play call you know eb does a really good job of like tagging individual people right hey you know f zebra this um x this you know whatever and so it does sound long but i do think it's it's much different than what they were in last year and if you've been in if you've been in that Scott Turner verbiage for a long time. I think one of the things is it's so it's so pithy and concise. But when you're in a West Coast system, you got to know what to listen for, right? So for a receiver, it's formation. And then I literally listen for the concept that I'm hit, hitting, right? And so it's literally two words. It'll be 15 words, 12, 15 words, potentially. That's probably a little bit high, 10 to, 10 to 12 words. But when that word comes, I know what I need to be doing. Right. And I think that's something that, again, it just takes time to get used to a different type of, you know, offensive system. And, you know, I think I've said this before, like the system schematically is very similar from a philosophy standpoint to, to what Scott was doing. And, and, and that's really high level. That's like, you know, really, really high level, like very, very general, but this is a West coast offense in terms of verbiage and a West coast offense in terms of how they emphasize the three-step drop and the five-step drop, which basically, as we've talked about on this show, did not exist in Scott Turner's offense. So that's another thing that I think is really exciting. Like Scott Turner was, hey, we're going seven step. We're reading deep to short. And is there an advantage there? 1,000% there's advantages there. And there's concepts in this offense that read the same way. But the total reliance on that is just different now, right? The five-step stuff doesn't stress the O-line. It's these concepts where we're running like a stop at five yards. We're running a dig behind it. We're running it through. We're trying to create easy throwing windows for the quarterback. And, I, and again, I just – and it's because I grew up in these offenses. Like I, I was in a West Coast offense in college with EB. He was the first one. Mm -hmm. They kept it for five years. I was in a West Coast offense for, shoot, 10 years, nine years in the NFL. Houston was on a West Coast offense technically by verbiage. So – I, I feel really comfortable and I like that, but I, I think this is the way offenses are going is, is they're doing a better job of incorporating these traditional West Coast com uh, concepts with these deeper kind of shot plays, which there are shot plays that look very similar to what Scott was doing. So I, I don't know. I just I, the, the layering and the depth of the the depth of the offense is the thing that I think is the most exciting when you go to practice or when you watch it. It's just like 
the, here's the three step, here's the screens, here's, um, you know, the five step stuff, which again, there was not a lot of five step stuff. And then there's, here's the shot plays and it's all there. It's just about how do I sequence this and when do I call it and what, and really finding out, I think what this team is good at also is another element. Right. Yeah, definitely. And the sequencing and stuff like that, we're not going to know until, until the regular season, there's no training camp. There's no nothing that's going to tell us like how EB is going to call a game when, when it's time to call a game. Um, and that's obviously a huge part of the potential success. Last thing on the verbiage, like the, the basic West coast play calls are not that complicated. Like, no, like no. we've talked about before, um, you know, we, and we've done like full episodes on verbiage, um, cause we're nerds and we enjoy that stuff. Mm. Um, but like when you start adding those tags, when you start adding motions, when you start adding shifts, like that's the stuff where it gets really wordy. And it, you you take a very basic play like Dragon Lion, and all of a sudden it's like you know Z or Zebra Orbit shifts to this that blah 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 Dragon Lion X yeah. go, and then it's like I I don't know if that even made sense in terms of the concept, but like you get the point that like you take this very simple thing and tag a bunch of stuff on it. And I, I think the other thing that Samuel said yesterday that that was great, that goes to the teaching of this is that it, he said, it's not that hard when you understand why, and they've mm. done a really, really good job of making sure that players not just understand, like it's not a memorization exercise. They actually understand why they're doing all the different things. And at that point it makes sense. You're not just regurgitating a foreign language. Yeah. You're actually speaking it because you understand what you're saying or what's being said to you. And, and you see that. I mean, when you're watching practice, I mean, again, it, it's just so impressive the level of detail they've been. And, you know, this they're just scratching the surface, obviously. But, for example, like. And that's the crazy yeah. thing. They're just scratching the surface. Yeah. It's June. Now. Yeah, like, like Logan Thomas, for example. Like, I see him running basics, which is basically like a 12 to 14 yard in cut. And you can run it from a tight attached like a tight end. Or you can run it from a wide receiver position. Obviously, the stem is going to be different from each spot. Like from a tight end spot, you're going to stem out. From a receiver spot, you're probably going to step in. But him understanding, you know, and I think getting the freedom probably too. It's, it's a it's a coach also that lets you do this. Is to on the on the in cut. A lot of people just say keep running, right? We want to clear voids, want to find windows. But him kind of running it and then bending it in front of the linebacker that's dropping into coverage and creating an easy throw for the quarterback. And that's kind of how. Kelsey, that's one of the things that makes him exceptional is the ability to kind of like maximize the route you're running versus the coverage you're getting. And to see that already starting to sprinkle in, it means that they're coaching that, right? They've, they, you know, EB probably learned that from Travis and now we can coach it to the tight ends and coach it to the receivers. And again, that level of, that level of detail is so cool. And I think for a guy like Logan, you know, we're going to talk about some of these guys maybe more specifically in a second. But that's huge, right? Because he's not like this great separator. He's not like overly twitchy in the short area the way Jordan Reed was or the way Aaron Hernandez or even Travis Kelsey is, right? He's a long strider who gets open kind of on uh, longer developing concepts. And for him to kind of say, this is how I'm seeing the coverage and be able to get open is just going to magnify what he does really well. So I don't know. It, it's Again, it's the fifth or sixth practice, whatever it is. So it, it's it's I know it sounds like we're gushing over it. But and we are a little bit, but it, and, but we also understand that there's a long way to go. But it is very different, I think, to your right. point, Craig, about going to watch practice. It's very different now than it was last year at this time. And, and it's crazy to think because the offense is completely new. So 
the the standard is right. so different now. Yet in many ways, they're they're miles yeah, ahead. It feels that it, it kind of feels that way. And I and I and I want to touch on practice a little bit before we get to the next segment. Like, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today. Yeah, no, I I do too. Um, but go ahead and finish this. Yeah, so I was going to say is like I do think you're seeing a little bit. Now this is hard to kind of predict, but I think you're seeing a little bit of a slowing from Sam, and I think a little bit of that is related to the defense getting more used to covering the concepts um, that they're, that they're seeing, right. Is, is in the cover three match there, the windows are a little bit smaller. Sam's not throwing the football. And I'm so mad at myself. I didn't point this out when they did blitz pickup, but it's true is you're not game planning for these pressures and you're not game planning for these coverages. You're just kind of running your stuff. And I think at some point the defense is going to match the stuff better and they're going to know how to kind of find the holes in what you're doing better because offensively you're just saying we're installing we're not we're doing so to speak so i think that's a huge element for fans and for for me and for any analyst watching to keep in mind is like they are not trying to exploit the rules of the coverages the defense is running they're just installing routes and screens and protections right um, I do want to get into like player performance in a second. Uh, there's a couple guys, specifically Howell and Forbes, I want to talk yeah. about based off of practice. But one more bigger concept that I thought was pretty fascinating um, yesterday, getting to see it in person. And we've talked about how much more they're they're working on the screen game and, and things like that. But I was kind of amazed at how much off-platform throwing they are practicing. In the and, individuals? Uh, in the individuals and, and in... I mean, I guess really it's in the individuals, but like they're doing some of the the stuff on air as yeah. well, where it's like get the screens out and, and things like that. So often it's like, how do we get our guy onto a good platform to throw as opposed to just kind of accepting it's the NFL and you're just going to be a lot of stuff that happens less than ideal. And it, it seems like they kind of went, okay, how can we use fading back to our advantage? How can we use throwing off our back foot to our advantage? And, you know, part of this is the offense the last couple of years and even to an extent under Gruden, um, was not super heavy in screen in the screen game. So there was less variety to the screens that you're seeing. Um, and thus these kinds of things happen less often. Um, but at the same time, just a lot of like fading back, you're on your back foot, lofted over a defensive end and, and hit the screen in timing. Um, or you're running this and then you turn and like kind of jump throw back to the other side. Mm. And it's the kind of stuff that I feel like it gives you a heart attack as a coach, which is why most coaches don't coach it. And EB's like, no, this is going to happen in a game. So let's make sure that we know how to do it and we do it well. And that the velocity on the throw is right. The trajectory is right. The footwork, even if it's non-traditional is correct. And I asked Sam about it afterwards too. And he said like, he actually works on that stuff with his private quarterback coach as well. Um, And more quarterbacks obviously are, but I, I guess like my thing, Logan was watching it in person you know, we, we watch Mahomes in, in awe and wonder and just like, wow, he's so creative and he does all this stuff off the cuff. It's not like some of it is like EB's not drawing up him falling down and Mahomes throwing a ball 50 yard submarine as he's as his knuckles scrape the ground in the Super Bowl. Uh, the one that hit Tyreek Hill in the helmet uh, and, and 
fell to the ground. Um, but there is a lot of that stuff that is planned, that is practiced, that is rehearsed. And um, I, I think that really stuck out to me or stood out to me yesterday that like they, they really practice these kinds of non-traditional things that are going to help them make big plays in games because it manipulates the defense in a way that really sells like, oh God, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble, oh, dink screen and now now you got space to work with yeah and I think you know maybe that's less surprising to me because I you know we, we're both strengths and addition coaches and I work more probably in the area of skill acquisition and so when I talk to you know sure. high school quarterbacks Absolutely. college quarterbacks even NFL quarterbacks to a certain extent like obviously the off-platform stuff is becoming more and more common you know and I think you know when I first got in the league you wanted the guy to be on time and on target and then as the analytics started becoming more popular in the game, I think there's a correlation here. I don't know. Um, you'd have to talk to people who are kind of at the forefront of this movement. People realize like, hey, man, like 60% of your offense usually is off schedule. So mm -hmm. how do I handle off schedule, off rhythm footwork? And how do I handle like an off, off platform arm angle? And again, you don't want guys living and dying by that, but you want to give them kind of a athletic foundation for some of that stuff right and in the context of what you're talking about with the screens i think it's more it's way more likely you'll see it and i think when um even with kyle and sean and you know when i went down to atlanta with sarkeesian and up up to new york with dal uh dal Loggins, like one of the things they talked about is how do i because you're gonna have a free rusher on the screen usually so how do i manipulate my arm angle to get the football to the running back and i think with screens specifically especially if you're going to do them a lot you need to practice that a lot. You need to practice how I'm going to feather away from the rush. How can I get my arm? How do I get the defender's hands up or down? And that's a huge part of an effective screen game. And so one of, one of the things I wanted to point out here, and it's not to like trample on you or anything like that, like these screens they're running are very, very con conventional screens. They are just. Yeah. Oh, no, I 100 percent like know they're that. just and it's really just, good. We at haven't it. seen them here. They're just good at it. And yeah. they practice these kind of details, right? That you can see the O line, like when you watch Kansas City film and when you watch film here now, everyone understands their role in the screen. And that wasn't something that yes. was big last year. The window dressing, which you talked about, it gives the illusion of complexity for a very simple screen. So I think that that's all. That's all really interesting. And I think it's just, again, it's the it's the detail work, taking something very benign and making it exceptional by coaching. Hey, if you're the third offensive lineman out, you're going to be the rat killer. You got to kill any pursuit. If you're the first guy out, make sure you don't run down the field, run lateral down the line of scrimmage. Like those details you see coming through here. And, and again, the quarterback launch angle, the point, the arm angle, how do I get the ball to the back and not put this floater lollipop over the top where these super athletic defensive linemen can make a play on it. So I totally agree, man. And I think, um, you know, obviously you want to practice that. And obviously that's a priority. But it's, again, the the, the minutia, the minutia of what they're doing is something that I think is is pretty special. So, Right. And, th and that's what I'm saying, right? Like nothing you said is jockeying yeah. me um, or I don't I don't feel trampled <laughs> on. Um, like it's it's just the crispness and the the attention to detail and like hey we're gonna make sure this is a hundred percent correct because man like going back to when cousins was here like kirk's a very good quarterback and does a lot of things really well that dude threw so many lollipops on screens and and he would just like it just felt like he was like i don't know i'll get the ball to the running yeah. back and got chris Tom poor chris thompson would just get obliterated or ball get knocked down or you know if if a defensive lineman could catch it would have been a pick six like 
that kind of stuff felt like it happened all the time in the last couple of years. Like the screen game has not been a big part of what they they've done, which is amazing considering the talent they have to run it. Um, they did do, I feel like a little bit more with the wide receiver screen game last year with Terry and Jahan, but it felt like Scott was checking boxes with it as opposed to um, even already what this feels like where, again, this is a fundamental piece of what they're doing. Like they're installing their base offense and they've got what feels like a zillion screens. It's really a couple with some window dressing on it, um, but they've got all this stuff in already. And the sheer volume is just is different and more. And um, I think will lead to them being successful in the fall because like this is going to be second nature to them. This is who they are. No, I agree. And, um, you know, it's so funny, um, you know, like I coach high school football and I'm the OC and we're putting stuff in. And one of the things I'm having a hard time with is screens, right? Because the details, like I'm like, man, the quarterback can't get the ball there. But, you know, after watching EB at practice, I'm like, he's he's coaching the quarterback in his footwork, in the arm position. He's coaching the offensive line to widen this guy, like all. And that's why they're good at screens, right? Because they prioritize running the heck out of screens. And so, um, I don't know. I think that's really interesting. And, and again, it's so early. It's so early in the process. And I know we're kind of gushing over this, but anytime you see something where the level of detail is super high and the standard is very high, like that gets me as a player who's been around people with very high standards, it gets me very excited. And I think fans should, should be excited. They should be cautiously optimistic about the direction of this offense. Because ultimately, like, we could, you know, Craig, you know, you and I could go coach the best high school game plan of all time. But the guy's got to go execute it. And you've got a whole bunch of guys totally. who, Sam Howell specifically, who are going to have to develop to make this go. And I think that that, that that is the thing that is the ultimate X factor in this, is how do these guys develop? Because like I said, Sam is taking – I don't know. He slowed a little bit, right? But again, it's it's not all him. It's it's the defense is getting better. The stuff's getting better. He's still making excellent throws. He still looks very sharp. He still looks better than Carson Wentz did at this point. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things to be excited about. But ultimately, he's got to make this go, and he's got to make Eb's vision come to life. 